0: Welcome to Whatever Works, our unique fortnightly podcast in which we talk about whatever works in our lives and in the lives of our community members. Find us at WhateverWorks.works, and why not join our community? Simply search for Whatever Works at MeWe.com and get stuck in.
1: So now, so now we can do our running start. Stop coughing at I the back can't what do What's a wrong with you? Starts, You've been coughing. away on holiday, keeping us all waiting for the next show, and then you come back with a cough. What's wrong with oh,
0: you? Oh, do you know what Ted? I managed to time it well. I had a lovely holiday, although I spent most of it organising my Great Santa event. I came home and I had my Great Santa event on Saturday. And guess what happened after that? <coughs> it,
1: you got a cough.
0: It fi- I got worse than a cough. It finally got me. I tested positive. Oh Whee- no. And now my phone alarm's going off. The world is coming to an end. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, it got me. The famous C. Um, <coughs> I guess we're all going to get it at some point. All I would say is, as you can hear, I'm coughing like a loon. But apart from that, I'm coping with it. And even my mum started testing positive, and she's 86 and also coping with it. So, you right. know, God bless vaccines, is all I can say. If, you know, if we hadn't yeah. had the vaccines, we could be in a much, much worse position. It's just becoming like a flu bug now, isn't it?
1: I think to some degree um, you're probably right. I just hope that the government see it that way and they don't lock us down again um, at any point soon and, and they, they take it as it is. Um, it, I, it, I guess it's, there comes a point where the, this herd, herd immunity thing must kick in. Yes, um, and I think the world is as moving
0: as... that way now. I think most people and most yeah. places are now accepting that it's just going to be another variant of flu that we're going to have to learn to live with. Indeed, has it, has it, have you actually? Has
1: it gone now? Are you, you're not positive now. Well, the thing
0: is, I've, I, I was. Yeah, it was very. I'm, I'm not testing positive anymore, and right. because I was on holiday, I wasn't testing. So I'm not quite sure exactly what the development and the time frame and everything was. All I can tell you right. is that I'm now testing clean as a whistle, but, but I don't feel it. But no. um, that's okay. I am mean, you know, it's as I say, it's just like a flu bug. I mean, we've all been through this for years and years, yeah. saying I've got I've got man flu. I mean, we all remember man flu, don't we? Better before. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a real shame because we, well, both of us were, uh, and my mum and dad, we all seem to have got away with it. But perhaps we're just all going to get it at some point, as you uh, say. I know,
0: it's it's like that thing, oh, I've broken my record. I survived two and yeah. a half years and then it got yeah. me. But I tell you what, Ted, I'm buzzing. I don't want to talk about this much because it's got nothing to do with whatever works. But I must right. say that last Saturday, before I got it, thank goodness, I had the day of days. I had my mm. my musical Santa Santa had its moment in the sun. We went into a theater with a 43-piece symphony orchestra and 20-man choir and nine children and seven soloists, and we belted the beep out of my musical for a day. And I'm just about down from cloud nine now. It was wonderful. I don't want to rabbit on about it because... It's I got... saw
1: the video. It, was very, it looked very well done.
0: Thank you. We, yeah, I mean, this is why people have been saying, you know, why was I hiring seven GoPros and why did I want to buy 400 SD cards on the PSC group, etc.? It was all in the cause of making audio and video recordings of Saturday. And I'm now wading through 700 gigabytes of video <laughs> Wow. And trying to put together something of a demo to try to help us further the project along, but um, and it's it's classic, it's typical of the life that is the creature that is Aidan Bell. I've just had two of the busiest weeks of my life, and yeah. now I'm looking at an empty diary. Now I'm sat here looking at July empty, August empty, um, but you know, yeah, in yeah. good old fashioned style, the phone will ring and something will happen. I hope.
1: Yeah, but there we well, are. Fingers crossed for that. Anyway, Thank uh, you. apologies for the noise here. It's it's unbelievable living on uh, where I live. There's so much noise, and in the summer when it's the weather's warm, it's worse because you've got to have windows and doors open. Yes, and there's trains and helicopters and dogs barking and seagulls crowing at you. If seagulls, you know crow. what,
0: Ted? Now here's the thing we should we should have. <laughs> I'll just let that go. We should have put this into the show. People in Europe don't open their windows wide when the sun comes out. They close their shutters. This is why a lot right, of houses yeah. in Germany have these wooden yeah. shutters on the window. Because when the sun comes out, they close the shutters. And they don't let the hot air in. Yeah, they yeah, keep yeah. the cool air in. And I've never had the guts to do that. I've sometimes thought, today I'm going to leave the windows and the curtains closed and see what happens. And then I relent and open them wide. I've done that. But it doesn't work in
1: a static. <laughs> All right. it, doesn't, it doesn't work in a static van.
0: Oh, that's because, because it's heat. boiling like an egg, isn't it? Yes. Yeah,
1: because the, because the heat comes in through the walls because the walls are so thin. In a bricks-and-mortar house, I can, you know, that does work. And that's why in Mediterranean places they have wooden shutters, you're quite right, and they shut the heat out. But unfortunately, in my situation... Anyway, I've I made my bed, so I shall lay in it. And we shall
0: have to listen to it, as you were saying <laughs> before I so rudely interrupted
1: <laughs> you, yes. <laughs> Yeah, um, show 165 we're on, it's now the 8th of July, we hope that everyone missed us during our summer break, and it sounds like it was worth it from what you were saying just now, Aidan, so oh, that's yes, good. Oh yes, thank you, sir. We're um, just a, a few reminders to say that whateverworks.works is our website, links to all the stuff we're going to talk about today there. Um, we group is whateverworks, of course, do go and join us there. If you get lost anywhere with links and all the rest of it, go away trains, <laughs> then... Um, you can find that all at tedsalmon.com. Tedsalmon.com. Links to all the MeWe groups, all the audio podcasts, the whole lot. And AidanBell.com if you want to make that phone call and book him up for something <laughs> down the yes. line. If you want to buy me a coffee, it's paypal.me forward slash Ted Salmon. Poor me. Right, okay. So. Um, what's next? Oh, yes, you mentioned that I changed my phone number. Uh, You, you,
0: yes, indeed. I mean, talking of making phone calls, you mentioned quite casually, I believe, a little while ago, uh, that you changed your phone number. And it occurred to me, wow, um, maybe not so much now, because I don't have any friends, but... In the old days, when I if I if I'd had to be faced with changing my phone number, like ten, fifteen years ago, that would have been a major life event. And yet now yeah. it
1: sort of slips by almost unnoticed. Tell me about changing phone numbers. Well, it's supposed to slip by unnoticed because of this PACCO thingy, but actually. Vodafone were just playing really hard to get with that. I I tried to get the pack code and they wouldn't give it to me. And they said the reason they wouldn't give it to me was because I didn't have a simple one number account. I had two accounts, uh, sorry, two phone lines, one for my phone and one for the MeWe thingy I've got for the mobile broadband. Um, So so just to
0: clarify, a pack code means that you can keep your old number when you move elsewhere. So without a pack code,
1: it means a brand new number. It does, and, and you're supposed to. They're supposed to respond to that within, ugh, I think it's an hour or something. They're supposed to send you the code by text, and they just wouldn't do it. And they and they made me um, sit on, in this queue for about an hour waiting to talk to them. And the, Vodafone are just really annoying. Anyway, um, so I couldn't get the pack code. So I thought to myself, well, all right, let's might as well be hung for a sheep as a uh, lamb. And, or is it the other way around? I no and, idea what you're talking um, about, but it sounds nice. <laughs> and um, I'll just get a new number. I've not had a new number for a long, long time, <laughs> so I thought I'd do it. And apart from the annoying promotional marketing things from EE... It was, um, you know, you, you have to work out how to stop those. You send codes by SMS, yes, but yes. I worked all that out, um, and it was fine, really. Um, the, the the net result of all this, and the the whole point of doing it, was because Vodafone's signal here is just not consistently good. It it has good days, but it's generally not very good, and um, the. EE1 is just brilliant it's so much faster the download speeds and the upload speeds are magical magical mm-hmm. so so much better like 10 times better so good for EE and I did put them in I think in the last show I put them in you did so yes a gold gold star territory um so that was it really and so yes it wasn't as bad as I thought it might be and I emailed out the people that I know who are likely to want to telephone me, um, which is not very many people. The biggest um, contact list stuff is about banks and people that have got two-factor authentication lined up with you and all that sort of thing. So I did all that. Yes. Um, um, Anyway,
0: fresh start, fine. It's working great. Wow. I mean, I suppose the problem for me in the old days would have been, you know, I was a business card man. And I was giving people my number left, right, and centre. So of yeah. course, if you're in that situation, you, you've no way of contacting the people who might at some point want to call, call you up and offer you a job. Whereas in your case, yeah. you've sort of got more of a handle on who your contacts are and how to reach yeah. them, haven't you? Yes.
1: I have. The only the only complication with it is is the Valley Diary, the um, the thing, the, the, the magazine I'm the editor for, and so. But I can publish my changes in there. So. Yes. It's not a big deal, really. So, yeah, it was relatively seamless. Um, and all, the other thing I was going to mention was I went to the opticians and had one of these um retinal map thingies done. I don't know if you've ever had one done, oh. but it's quite interesting to see what they reckon that they can tell all sorts of aspects of your general health by looking at the map right, in the back okay. of your eye. Yes. really interesting. And this optician showed me, you know, pointed out with this thingy, where things were and how she knew that um, it, it all started off with the glaucoma thing because I, my dad's got glaucoma. So I get free eye tests, right. blah, blah, blah. And then they, they know because of that, what's going on. And then they, they, they know all sorts of other stuff as well. and They showed you what it is. So she said that you're actually in quite good health. And unbelievably, um, um, But you say it did cost £20? It it cost £20. She she did say to me that this is not covered by the health service. You can't get this free. Um, Do you want it? So I said, um, yeah, OK. Because I did have one done before, and it is quite interesting to see. And it's quite a good judge to, you know... And a very um, good
0: price for peace of mind,
1: I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Very unfair, though, that I'm in the best of health with my unhealthy lifestyle. But there you go. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> right, who's next? Right, feedback on the last show. Yes. Um Chris Kelly on police stopping me in because of my glasses. Oh, wearing. yes, you you opened a bit of a Pandora's box there, didn't you? I did, yeah. Um I um Chris says, I'm typically working 10 to 12 hours on weekdays, um, so it's difficult to keep up with podcasts, but he got back to me eventually. You didn't mention if the cops asked you to read a number plate at 20 metres, but I'm assuming not. No, they didn't. I did offer, actually. I said to them on the side of the road, test me, go on, test me now, and I'll show you. But they weren't interested. All they were interested in was the fact that my licence said, I've got to have glasses on. Right. And that was the end of it. Um, anyway, uh, what else does he say? This would have been um, all they needed to, to reassure themselves, but you were in, that you were indeed safe to ride. We conduct this. We conduct this check um, on everyone who comes for a CBT. You remember that Chris does um, motorbike training. What's stuff. a CBT? It's a compulsory basic training which everyone, apart from me, has to go through. Um, if you've got a grandfather rights on a car license, you don't need to do it. Oh, but- I thought
0: it meant before. So obviously, it doesn't. Oh, <laughs> well, I can't say that on air, can I?
1: <laughs> Yo, you, you obviously aren't that unwell, are you? Um, anyway, um, I get away with it on a 50cc bike. If I wanted to ride a 125 or anything bigger than a 50, I'd have to do it as well, but I, I don't have to. Anyway. He goes on. It's a test you can carry out for yourself. Go to a car park and see what the furthest number plate is and then pace out the distance. It must be 20 metres. The cops were correct in saying that you should inform the DVLA, uh, DVLA about any changes in your status. You probably got the 01 code because you stated that you wear glasses on your original application. Not updating the DVL about changes can result in three points and a fine of up to a 1,000 quid. Well Ouch. um I don't think they're going to fine me a thousand quid. They just tell me to put my glasses on. And and ever since I did, ever since that day, I have religiously worn my glasses every time I've rode my moped, even though, because I'm just so frightened now that they'll stop me again for something else. Yes. And then it will come out that I've been told about it. Anyway, I subsequently realised that all this dates back to when I had my cataracts done. That's when I should have told the DVLA. Um, right. But actually, uh, I, I, as I said, I had an, op, an optician test last week, and um, I said to the optician, you know, you, I'm safe to drive um, without glasses on. And she said to me, well, technically, yes, you are, but I think that you should still wear them because, you know, it just sharpens everything up. Yes, and it's, yes. It's safer. So I think I could go either way on this. I could contact the DVLA and tell them, but um, I could also just ignore it like I am doing and just wear my glasses when I'm driving or not and roll the dice. Yeah, I, get I mean, it all
0: comes down to the difference between advisory and compulsory, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. Anyway, thanks, Chris, for writing in again. Um, it's very interesting to get the inside line on these things. He's quite useful for me because since I started writing a moped, I've asked him quite a lot of questions about this, that and the other. So cheers.
0: Chris is one of our greatest um, assets, Ted, definitely. As is Frank Neidhart, who writes, responds, do you remember my heart, my possible heart scare I had a few weeks ago? Which, incidentally, I am now fairly convinced was COVID related because I've had Ah. similar tight chest during my COVID in the last few Eh. days and I imagine it was an early onset. Anyway, Frank... Good grief. You had it all the way back Well, I don't know, Ted. How does anybody (laughs) know? But uh, actually, I hope so because then I'll know it was the COVID and not the heart. In any case, Frank comes back on heart rate monitors saying the difference between the heart rate monitor on the wrist and the polar H10 is that the polar measured electrical instead of optical. Furthermore, it can be closely it can cl- more closely follow f- small and fast changes in pulse than the optical ones. What Aiden describes with the Apple Watch is the closed circuit if you take an ECG. Yes, I mentioned that Apple have this system where you have to hold the button which creates a loop right around your body which of course as right. Frank quite rightly says that's not taking heart rate that's actually getting an ECG reading. The mm-hmm. Apple Watch, Frank goes on to say, has an optical sensor for measuring the pulse otherwise. Actually, it is very accurate. And
1: it's it is a very accurate one, starting with the series six. This uh, this whole Apple Watch thing. I mean, I'm, I'm not an Apple user nor are you, but uh, we've we've got one um, medical chappy doctor called J B Walsh who comes onto PSC sometimes. Yes. and he uses his Apple Watch for just everything. He swears by it. All his medical stuff as a doctor. Wow! He 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 runs his old whole department with it, I think, and he he just swears by it completely over you know other professional tools that he's oh. got to, to to hand. And he uses his own watch. He he gets his patients to put his watch on their wrist so that he can get, you know get readings from them. So there's obviously something very um good about what Apple are doing.
0: There is, and I I, I certainly mean the gentleman, no disrespect at all, but I can't get my head around this. I suppose it's because I'm 58 and a snob, but I still feel, you know, that there's professional gear on the one hand and there's the home gear on the other, and I would have put Apple Watches in the latter, in the home equipment, not in the professional medical equipment. But, hey, what do I know? I'm a dumb singer. (laughs) (laughs) Ian Barton brings us the Wahoo Ticker Fit Optical Heart Rate Sensor. Saying, I would, so we're back to hearts again. I was interested to hear about Aidan's heart rate review. Thank you very much, Ian. I would contend that the chest strap monitors aren't always as good as they're made out to be. The major fault is that you need to keep the area between the monitor and chest wet. Yes, I concur. In the past, I have used Garmin chest monitors, says Ian, which seem to be accurate until the moisture between the monitor and your chest dries out. You can partially fix this by applying Tense Gel to your chest where the monitor sits. However, after several hours of use, after several hours of use it almost is always dries out leading to inaccuracies well ian the problem is i've never worn it for several hours i wear it for one session in the gym which is an hour max during which i sweat so this isn't a problem for me but ian you're obviously a much fitter gentleman and and you wear yours for a lot longer i've used a couple of wrist monitors says ian but finally settled on the wahoo ticker of fit optical hr sensor it has a good battery life of around 24 hours the best position to attach it is on your forearm making sure the strap is tight, just as accurate as a chest monitor. There's no faff taking off your shirt and applying TENS gel. You just strap it to your forearm. It sounds good. Ian. Yeah. As I say, I, I, I don't. My need was very different. My need. My need was post heart panic when I wanted to accurately check my heart rate while working in the gym. And as I say, for my use for 45 minutes to an hour in the gym, what I bought was fine. But obviously, if Ian needs to wear one for longer and more conveniently, the one that goes on the arm sounds fabulous.
1: Yeah, well, he's he's a, a keen cyclist. Yes, uh, we recall. Um, so maybe he, you know, goes out for day cycling and yes, and, and sticks it on his wrist there. Um, I don't suppose he would love that when he gets a flat tyre. Talking of which, oh yes, Slinky Links are back. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed this um, article about... Um, I can't remember what it was in now. What is it in? Oh, the BBC. Oh, the BBC. It's the BBC, darling. The BBC bring it must be true, yes. yeah. <laughs> Um Apparently, the, the, I, I've seen this before and nothing ever seems to have come of it, taking away air in tyres. And there's a link here to um, the story whereby the manufacturers of tyres are trying to use, um, to some degree, what we used to have on our bikes when we were kids in the 1960s, which is like tyres that don't need air in them, but they, they've they got clever... In this case, they've got... In, in my bike's case, it was like wooden or rubber, right. but in this case, they've got clever use of materials in there um, to flex spite, uh, spite, spokes so that it... it uh, you need to look at the photograph yes, yes. to actually see what <laughs> it's about. And the, and the photograph is in the MeWe um, post, so do have a look at that, everyone. And it just looks... Can you imagine never having a puncture again and never having to think about pressure in your tyres? Um, and apparently, the, you know, um, Goodyear are behind this And they reckon that this is a thing for the future. Interesting. More than interesting.
0: I absolutely love this, Ted. It looks sexy. It's a fabulous idea, as you say. There's no more maintenance concerns. You know what? And I tell you what, again, giving away my age here, my first thought upon looking at this picture was, wow, you could get a playing card (laughs) and a clothes peg (laughs) and you could go (laughs) as it spins around.
1: Yes. Oh, I've just noticed that Steve has jumped into our show notes here. Oh, hasn't he just? Yeah, Steve, as the physicist, I do wonder about how temperature changes will affect these. How can the exact same plastic work over minus 20 to plus 40 over months and months under extreme stress without cracking, melting, etc.? Call me sceptical here. Plus, the outside rubber will still wear, so these tyres would need to be as cheap as regular tyres. That sounds like Mr Angry there. Well, I take the um, point, and
0: I think that's why Goodyear are working on them, and they're not yeah, out yet, yeah, because they're, yeah. they're having to tackle exactly that sort of concern.
1: Yeah, they'll, they'll get there in the end, no doubt. But anyway, yeah, thank you, Steve. And it was just an interesting article, which I stumbled upon. I'm trying to think of a slinky link, but I just can't do them. <laughs>
0: We're going to talk about loudspeakers now, so I'll leave, hey. I'll leave that one in your camp to link <laughs> brand new car tyres with loudspeakers. John Doe is talking about breaking in speakers, which is, of course, that system whereby, just as in the old days, you'd break in a car by driving very slowly or carefully for a certain number of miles before putting your foot to the floor. The same is true with with some loudspeakers, that it's good to, to just play constant noise at a certain level for a period of time just to let everything settle down down and all the bits and pieces of the speaker become fluid with each other and settle and work uh, properly before you start playing your your, your, your daft metal through them. Really? I really well, I think it is a thing. John, John says tweeters are small and break-in for them is quick, maybe 20 minutes. It's the bass speakers that need the slow, gentle break-in period. The reason is to gently stimulate, not stress the damper on your speaker. He then gives various percentages, 7% for 30 minutes, 14 for 30 minutes, and he gives a series of the best way to do this. He says, don't cross 60% for the first month. Whatever method you choose, do not exceed 15% volume in the first half hour of running the speaker. That is a gentle and effective break-in and should result in the speaker sounding at its best throughout its service life. If you listen all day long, then it's done in a week's time. Fail to follow such a regime after unboxing and play it at loud volumes from the start will result in a sub-optimal experience that cannot be fixed short of replacing the speaker's driver.
1: I always do that. As soon as I get a speaker, of course you wind it up because <laughs> yes, you, you, you want to hear what it can do. do I, yeah. this, this all does seem a bit specialist and kind of extreme to me. I, you, you you, said about the running in a new car thing. Well, we all expect to just jump in a car now and be able to just drive it how we like from day one. The, the you know, manufacturers of cars want to know if your, your brand-new car has used a drop of oil in three years for, for any reason at all. Everything is just so much more robust now. I do wonder if this is still a thing, do you? I Yes, I think you're quite right, and I think speaker technology improves,
0: and, and maybe it isn't as big a thing as it was. I've never done it, because I've never owned speakers that are, you know, worthy of such a thing. I think you've got to be spending hundreds or indeed thousands of pounds on loudspeakers right. before it's necessary. Otherwise, I would okay. defy anyone except Alan Parsons to be able to listen and say, that speaker hasn't <laughs> been broken in properly. But I do believe that, yes, a very, very, very expensive speakers, such as we've had on the show in the past, do have um, drivers and cones and components that do need to be um, coaxed into working I- I- correctly with one another. So I can certainly okay. accept that breaking in is necessary, but I think only in the very highest end of
1: speakers. And maybe John Doe um, is that expert. Absolutely. Um, and he's a mate of Alan Parsons and he really knows his stuff here. So good for you. And thank you for writing in. Indeed, thank you very much, John. I'm bringing something to the show. I'm bringing a tiny
0: little thing that I'm holding in my hand now. Now then, quiet at the back. Uh (laughs) This is a memory card. Now, um, people who may have seen my post on PSC, where I was asking about purchasing a number of SD cards, again, because of my Santa event last weekend, I had to buy 14 uh, 64 gig, very, very fast, Sandist Extreme memory cards. Now, actually, uh, as luck would have it, uh, in the event, we only needed and we only opened one of them and lovely Amazon accepted the other 13 in return. Yeah. But I am holding this £14 disc in uh, card in my hand at the moment. I can't really review it in inverted commas because it was only used the once, and somebody else did the deal, did the deed. So I didn't have much to do with it, except I brought it home, plugged it into my computer, and offloaded the data, and it all worked very successfully. So all I can say is it did what it said on the tin. It recorded uh, 4K video from a GoPro of uh, 29 gigabytes altogether over the course of a seven-hour... During the day, uh, and it went on and came off successfully, and all the footage is good. And I thought at fourteen pounds, that's quite a decent price to pay for a Sandisk Extreme Pro sixty-four gig micro SD memory card.
1: I'm glad it worked out for you. Um, thank you. Um, um, yeah, yeah, Sandisk yeah. are a good name, along with Samsung, I think. They, you know, between the two of them, they um Kingston I suppose. Yes. Um, there was there, a, there are a few g- good names. There are
0: indeed. There was a lot of concern um I looked at some of the reviews on Amazon and people were saying these aren't very good, these are fake and then I started looking around and luckily a friend of mine actually dug a bit deeper and said well this one that you found Aiden actually claims to be coming directly from um a, a SanDisk. So I took a punt right. and, and it works so I'd recommend them. I yeah. thought I was going to be selling 14 of them second hand but luckily that isn't the case.
1: Very good. And talking of recording um, voice and data... Uh, I, you see, you've just got the knack. <laughs> <laughs> I decided that um, got to, I wanted to try and get my um, microphone stand off my desk to stop uh, vibrations. Right. So I found this um, gooseneck microphone stand, which is actually really good. It's an ad- adjustable kind of boom gooseneck thingy, um, which you clamp to your desk or anything you want to clamp it to. Um, And you put the microphone at the other end and it comes with um, all the kind of clips and um, adapters and things Mm -hmm. for different sizes of stuff. And it's 19 inches long. You can get one that's 13 inches long, but this is is 19 inches. And I was really dubious about this because I thought, yeah, with my heavy microphone on the end of it, I bet you it won't. That's just what Um, I was going to ask you, how strong it really is. Exactly. But I was really surprised with my heavy microphone on on the end of it clamped to my desk um it it did hold up and it, it, it even with my heavy microphone it was not weighted down to, to such a degree that it, and if you try and bend the gooseneck it's actually really tough it's really hard well that's good um so yeah i was quite pleased with it and it, it works really well um i got it on a sale for about 15 quid but i do notice now that it's um 25 quid with a 10 pound voucher off so it's 2250 um if that deal is the same as it was yesterday But I'm not sure if it's worth £22.50. depends on how much you need it, really. Um, But I will say that it's... You know, unless you've got a really, really, really heavy microphone, it does and i've got a couple of heavy microphones here and they both seem to be held up well by it so yeah recommended
0: absolutely i mean again as you say depending on your use case but if if such a thing is useful i i like this and it's a good price i've got a couple of um goosenecks i've got popper stoppers in front of a couple of mics which are goosenecked you've got to love a good gooseneck yeah indeed so there you go it's called a zeal sound Thank you very much. Steve Litchfield is back officially this time (laughs) with a (laughs) copper snail barrier tape. Um, Steve says, we had a problem with slugs and snails getting into our plant pots and raised vegetable beds. This tape is very sticky, stays in place forever, and it seems that the beast is hate crawling over it. So our stuff yeah. stays safe, at least from them. <laughs> Plus, the <laughs> vegetable beds now look smarter with a shiny metal rim. Only one centimeter wide, and the roll did everything in our garden, so you won't need two. Six pounds ninety-nine. Yeah, this is this strange phenomena that um for some reason slugs and snails do not like copper. And they poo-poo the sight of it and turn and, uh, and, and, right. and leg it, um, if, if a snail's capable of legging it. Um, yeah. yeah, so <laughs> this stuff, you just tape this around any area that you don't want the little critters to get to, and it, it, it puts them off. Um, I, can, I can think of other uses as well. Right, I think, right. actually, um, metal tape like that can be used for other various DIY jobs around the home. So that's a good find, Steve. Thank you very much. £6.99 mm-hmm. for twenty? How, how many metres is it? 25 metres. That is a decent length.
1: Can mm, it say if you're getting your mallet out? Doesn't it? Right. Um, what's next?
0: I thought. Oh, yeah. I thought that was the link. I was just thinking. Oh, okay. We're going into mallets now. But no. Okay.
1: No. Just just for smashing the little critters on the head.
0: Um, I'm sorry, Ted. I didn't hear you. Could you say that a bit louder? <laughs> See, I'm learning. I'm learning. How, how would you say yeah. it louder? You would.
1: By, uh, by a loud oh. That's, uh, <laughs> You've completely lost me. There. The link. You would say it louder by getting a Bluetooth speaker. Another Bluetooth speaker. Oh, now this uh. should really be in the um, in the uh, the the department which we know. I want one of these. Right. And I did put it there. Um, and the, the thing, the reason why it's not in I want one of these and it's in the main section here is because Steve Richfield, who's getting many mentions today, it seems, uh, bought me one of these. Oy! He bought me one. He saw, sent it over, bought it and sent it over. And I couldn't believe it. 80 quid's worth of Marshall Willen. A bluetooth speaker and i really wanted one of these and he got one and he decided to get me one which was really kind of him it's wireless obviously it's 15 hours plus playback time depending on the volume you set it obviously um it's water resistant ip67 it quick charges over um usb-c three hours from flat to charge it and 20 minutes of charge gives you three hours of play time um It's got the iconic kind of classic Marshall design, as always, with all their stuff. It's heavy, and it's meaty, and it's really, really nice. It's about three inches by three inches by one inch. It's it's a dinky little thing, and it's really, really nice. I would not not have bought one, because I've got so many Bluetooth speakers, but now it's here, I'm jolly well going to make sure I make use of it. Um, And and also, it it plugs into the Marshall um, Android and iOS app, so you can control it and do equalization through the phone and all the rest. um, and get um, firmware updates over the air. Um, So... Really, really nice. Marshall speakers just sound different to other speakers. I did actually test this with my Sony phone. And then afterwards, after i have been testing, I put the Sony speaker of a similar size um, connected to it. And and it's miles different. The Marshall just is so much more beefy. And there's an iconic kind of um, Marshall sound. And they are so sexy. I mean, they're the most beautiful things to look at. Even without any equalisation, that sound is just there. Um, anyway, thank you so much, Steve. That's really, really nice of you. And I shall certainly make excellent, good use of it. Indeed. And thank you, Steve. I have to put a little thank you to Steve because you put into our show
0: notes that you wanted to thank Steve because Santa turned up early. And Steve has written in our show notes, no, no, I'm not Santa. There is only one Santa and his name <laughs> is Aiden <laughs> Bell. Oh, little Stephen, uh... you're on the nice list now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Very good. OK, then. Right, time for a jingle. Still using, still using. Do you remember my pucker pads? I beg your pardon, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Not on air, please. March two thousand and seventeen mm-hmm. this was, whatever works twenty nine, when I brought the pucker pads on and I've still got them. They're not completely used out. It was a pack of three. Um, they were fourteen quid then, but they're now eighteen. For the uninitiated, 99er, these notice. are little little notepads, little notebooks. Little notebooks where and you can get different sorts of pucker pads, so different sizes, A5, A4, different colours, different designs. You can get um, different tabs in them and ones that have got perforated tear-out pages, ones that have got line pages or not line pages, and they're just really, really nice. They're not, you know, um, they're, they're ring-bound ones, um, two hundred pages, hardback, um, but they're just really practical and they're really good, and I really like them. Um, some of them have got um, uh, um storage pockets in the the back covers as well, which is really nice if you want to tuck away something in a in a in an age where we live now with no real need for writing anything down just now and again, I needed to make a list this week of some stuff and i the I tried to do it electronically, but there was nothing quite like getting a pen out and writing it down. And I remembered my pads and I thought I would just bring them up again. So yes, I'm still using my pucker pads.
0: I totally approve. You know, I, I, I know it's stupid of me, but I still don't trust digital. If I, want to, if I want something to be really, really safe, I get a pen and a piece of paper and I write it down because I'm just stupid like that. These are very nice, Ted.
1: Yeah, Excellent. They sir. are. They're very nice pads.
0: I tell you what, I'm still. What have you? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: They stuck. What, what, what have one. you bought?
0: Dymo label maker. Do you remember you were quite keen on Dymo labeling a oh, while yeah. back, and we talked about two or three different devices, and then I found the one that plugs into the PC that is a yeah, specifically yeah. PC-controlled Dymo. Dymo is, is of course these very well-known uh, labels that where you 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 print a line of text and then you can cut the label and stick it practically anywhere you want. Um, and I've got the one that works on the computer, and it's still sat on my desk, and it's plugged in, and if ever I needed, I got a little switch that just sets it going, and up comes the software. And I can print labels very swiftly and quickly. Uh, and they're always very useful. I mean, we don't need to, to to sing the praises of Dymo labels again. People know what they are and what they're used for. And I've just got this nice little one sat on my desk uh, that I can just do from the computer. And also, if I've got nothing better to do and it takes my fancy, I can even put basic and simple artwork and logos in there as well as just text. So um, for my filming, for instance, I've got my own little logo of a video by Aidan Bell, and that goes in the front of the labels that I print from it. And of course, you can get them in different colors and, you know, white on black, black on white, red on black on red, black on green, whatever it might be. So, yeah, Dymo label maker for the PC still functioning very, very well uh, as as since when? January 2021. So well over a year. Very happy with it.
1: Is, I, I do like the look of that. Now, um, I put a link in the show notes to, um, the, to, to buy one, but it seems that it comes from um, Amazon USA. So, but Amazon UK are allowing you to order it um, directly so that they'll sort out the import and everything. But it's 62 pounds thirty five. so you can still get that. I do not remember um, what
0: I paid. I'll try and have a quick look while we're talking now. If you can fill some dead air for a moment, I'll see if I can find out what I paid for it when I bought the thing, Uh, as if anybody uh, was interested.
1: They're (laughs) they're really interesting though, because I've got the (laughs) myself and my mum have both got the manual ones. Yeah. Um, My my mum's got the quirky one. I've got the annoying A to Z one, um, and um, she's got the quirky one. And they print out really nicely. And if you're into, you know. just librarianship and putting labels on everything like my mum loves it, she puts labels on everything around the kitchen that's right, um, I remember that. Yeah,
0: my mother's the same. Everything <laughs> has to be labelled. If you, put, if you leave a sock for more than 10 minutes, you'll come into the room and it's been labelled with your name. Uh, £47.99 pence. I paid back then. Right. So it has gone up a bit, yeah, I'm you're,
1: afraid. I think you're, you're paying a bit for the USA import, yeah, probably. Yeah. But you don't have to buy it from Amazon, probably. There's probably other places in the world. No, there are other shops <laughs> in the world. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: OK, I'm doing a TED. This isn't cheap as chips, but I don't care. Ah. I'm sorry. I, if you can't beat them, join them. Sorry, Judge Button, but mine is <laughs> £9.34. But what? you get three of them. So it's three (laughs) pounds and eleven pence each. So I'm doing a TED and I'm bringing them in again for my Santa event last week. um, I had to get all sorts of USB cables and mains cables and extensions and Lord knows what. And I also had to get several USB adapters, just standard box, standard plug them into the wall, uh, USB. little de- devices uh, 5 volt 2.1 amps these are lovely these are a three pack so you get a three pack at 934 so as i say 3 pounds 11 each you plug it into the wall it's nice and small and neat and and and, and dinky, uh, well made. I'm holding it in my hands now. It feels good and sturdy. You get two USB sockets in there. And again, I can't give you an extensive uh, review over a period of time, but they all functioned perfectly on Saturday and we had no trouble at all. And I've now got six of these little buggers um, that I'll probably never need again. But there you go. Um, Well worth it, I
1: think. They're always handy around the house, aren't they? Even if you don't specifically need them. Yes, they're the kind
0: of thing you go, oh,
1: I need an adapter. I know, I've got a box in the garage with some in it. So yes, very useful. Exactly. These are apparently you you times the volts by the amps to get the wattage. So these are ten and a bit watts, which is perfectly good for most. Ten watts. What? 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 (laughs) Okay. They look very cute. They
0: are, and they're also quite thin because, you know, some of these things are enormous and you think, couldn't they have made that a bit smaller? But this really is. It's actually very, very much like a mains plug. It's like a black mains plug without a cable in it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Well done. Thank you, sir. Right, now, if you're a twat like me who changes their mobile phone every seven and a half (laughs) minutes... You will always be looking around the house for a Blumen sim card ejector tool um and uh, I can never find them. I try to get them myself organized. I've got one on my key ring now anyway there's this um bunch of ten of them for sale on Amazon for two ninety nine cheapest chips. And you can just stand, just buy 10 and put one in every room, one on every desk, <laughs> one on your keyring, one in the car, yeah. one everywhere, and just have them all over the place. So, um, yeah, I, I'm sure that I'm probably alone in a sense talking about this because other people are sensible and they don't have loads and loads of changes of their phones but for me this is just perfect 10 of these tools to throw around the house
0: yes I mean I'm certainly a twat like you but I don't change my phone every seven and a half minutes I probably every seven and a half months or so and I just looked today I've actually got four or five or six phone boxes on the shelf empty ones from phones that I've owned and for some reason don't throw away and most of them have got these in there so uh, you know I think I myself have a count of probably four or five of them. But as you say, yeah. they're in boxes somewhere on a shelf. How nice to have one immediately to hand uh, as and when you
1: need them. Yeah, yeah. The key ring one is the most, the, the one that I, if I can't find one, that's, all oh, right, I've got one on my key ring and I always go and get that one. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. But it's nice to have them just littered around the place. Um 299 for 10, which makes them 29 p each.
0: Jingle!
1: I want one, I want one, I want one, I want one of those. I want a Go Dice Smart Connected Dice. Uh Uh-huh. The the Go... Right, Okay. This is a six-piece set of dice, each of which has an internal battery and connectivity. Paired to your phone, it's a fun way of playing some of your favourite dice games. Simply open up the app and pick the games you want to play, add in the names of those participating, and you're off. Each person can roll the dice, and the app will automatically tabulate scores. There are a number of games, ten plus to choose from, um, in the Go Dice app, with new titles being added over time. Um, the battery is about two hours per charge, and each dice can each die can be charged in under ten seconds. The base itself has a AAA battery Hurrah! inside. And the whole thing costs hundred and twenty dollars. <laughs> so you can basically you can you can play dice with your friends who are not with you, um, and you can um, do it when you're locked down from COVID, and um, have games of dice with your friends. It just looked like a lot of fun, and um, I thought, yeah, that looks nice. I'll have a go at that. And I wish I had got hundred and twenty dollars to waste on it.
0: Now, you know what? I was about to launch into a devil's advocate response and poo-poo this, but you've just saved it at the, the last by pointing out that this allows you to play games with people who aren't there. So I see that as a great benefit yeah, yeah, because yeah. what I was going to say and what I do still feel. Do you remember a couple of shows ago, I was bemoaning that when now now when you go into a restaurant, you don't even get to see the waiter because you just have to scan a QR code at the table and the food are yeah, yeah. And 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 I was saying that that's convenient as that may be, it takes away from the experience of eating out. Um, I kind of feel the same with this. Yes, it's very clever, but isn't the fun of a game trying to keep score and saying, my maths is dreadful, you do it for me, and arguing about whether the score was correct or not and keeping track. and, And for me, the more that the dice take over... You know, you get to a point where you just kind of sit back and let the dice play the game all by themselves and don't take part at all. I would have thought the fun of taking part in the game is to take part in the game, and this is taking away the taking part... But having said that, I now take on board what you say about how this allows remote playing with other people elsewhere, and that is a great benefit. So I'm sort of now on the fence.
1: I, th- I think it does that. Now, I'm, I'm questioning myself now. I thought that's what I understood ah, me, but maybe I'm not. That- <laughs> anyway, <laughs> well, it's almost a kind of better before item, um, yes. regardless of whether yes. I'm absolutely right or not. It, because I remember when I was a kid, I, I remember when I, um, I first discovered poker dice, and I, I had no idea how to play poker or play cards really, much at all. Yes. Apart from apart from snap. Um but I had these poker dice and it got me into finding ways of playing games with dice. And and it was, you're you're quite right. It was engaging and we had um you know friends of mine round and we would be very amused by... Like Yahtzee, for example. Yes. I mean, Yahtzee was a, a really good game. It's very boring, essentially, but it, it, it was just fun. And, and and why it wasn't boring was ju- just what you said, is that you've got a group of people doing it together. um, A bit like building a Jenga tower or yes, something. Exactly. It, yes, exactly, it, yes. It, it's just fun because you're engaging with people. So perhaps you're right in one sense, and perhaps I'm right in another. Um, but um, it's $120 anyway, so... They won't have it. Yeah, I mean,
0: we've had this before with, with autocorrect and, and capital letters. Automation is the bane of my life. I hate it in all respects. I want to do things yeah. myself. I want to be in control and do things for myself. I know how to use I know how to create a capital letter. I don't need the computer to do it for me. But
1: that's another story. Yeah, you're quite right indeed. Right now, we've got a bumper, bumper section coming up. Oh, right. It's time for that room. <laughs> There's loads of stuff in here, isn't there? There is. And I'm going right. to start. Okay.
0: Why is it? <laughs> I've noticed this of <laughs> late a little more. I've always noticed this. And I think COVID has brought it really very much to the fore. Why is it that public toilet doors seem not always, but very, very often, more often than not, to be pushed on the way in when you can just shove your elbow on it and open it up. And then on the way out, it's a pull. And what do you have to do with your freshly washed clean hands? You have to grab hold of the door handle why can they not be the other way round? So you pull the door to go in when you've got, you know, day-to-day hands. But when you've been in and you've done your business and you've washed your hands and you're all nice and clean and dry, you don't then have to grab hold of a door handle to get out. Now, again, the poltergeist has been in our show notes. Steve Litchfield has cropped up saying because I'm reading this uh, totally virgin here, because otherwise you'd be at risk of bashing someone when opening a solid door with no windows out into a corridor. Well, now, that's interesting you say that, Steve, because my sister, when I was telling her I was going to bring this on the show the other day, she made a very interesting point. She said, have you ever seen an outside door to a house that opens outwards? No, you haven't. And that gave gave us a lot of comedy and humour of, of people opening the front door and sending people flying down the steps outside. Of course, outdoors all doors to the outside world always open inwards. Except in
1: a static van. Really? Oh yes. Yeah, they all... Doors always open outwards because it, it it saves space inside. So you
0: could uh, theoretically, somebody could come round to your house and you could open the door and smack around the face with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, oh goodness! Yeah. I really didn't think that was going it's to be possible. Same
1: it, it, it's the same as internal doors as well. In in static homes, they they make most of the space. So my um, bathroom door opens into the corridor, right. and the um, the one of the bedroom doors opens into the corridor. Because it because you can do more with the space inside the room then. and
0: I counter Steve's point by saying well you could equally well bash somebody on their way out if somebody's coming out of the toilet and you push the door to go in you could quite equally bash them as they try so I mean I'm sorry Steve but you can, you can cause an accident either way round um, I don't know Going back
1: to the um, hands-washing thing, though, if everyone washed their hands, then it wouldn't matter, would it? Because if you're pulling the handle with clean hands, everyone's doing the same, but, of course, not everyone Exactly. If everyone did as they were meant to, we wouldn't need a police force, yes. I
0: mean, it's because there are people who don't (laughs) do as they're meant to do, you know. Yes, like
1: not wearing glasses on their main Yes, indeed. Right, moving on, as you say, we've got a bumper package today. What's next? Ian Watson is next on Amazon third-party sellers and choice of models. Ah. Um, I wanted an omelette maker, and I found the um, salted EK4213XL. Twin, dual-fill, Nonstick omelette maker, and decided to get the newer, more expensive XL oh. version instead, which is the EK4213AMZ. AMZ. Right. Okay. Yeah, make a note of that. Excel. <laughs> Chill. Twin. Dual. So the rest of it's the same. The newer Omelette maker arrived, and it had the old model number on the bottom of it. So, I ordered the cheaper one with the no AMZ ah. the following day, and it turns out that both models are exactly the same, <laughs> and they put a sticker over the original barcode Ooh. on the box. The sticker adds the AMZ to it, and the shop sells it for more money. Oh, <laughs> that's mad, isn't it? Oh, yeah. XL. They're all. They're both XL. They're both virtually the same number, except one's got AMZ on it. Presumably, the AMZ is for Amazon, which yeah. makes it. And they're probably selling it as an Amazon special or something, and then and whopping fi- a five Exactly the, price. the same. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Oh, dear. Well spotted, Ian. I'm glad you sent it back and changed it. (laughs) Very smart.
0: Matt Jones on cash point machines, ATMs. I hate using these things, he says. They are barely visible in daylight. They're barely visible in daylight. I totally understand that you don't want people to be able to read over your shoulder, but it's like trying to read a cheap Android tablet from the wrong angle with the brightness turned down. If Mm. ever there was an ideal use case for the old transflective LCD displays, this is it. I've lost count of the number of times someone asks for my help to see what the screen says because they can't. This raises a a huge security red flag to me. There has to be a better way. (laughs)
1: There is. Only go out at night. <laughs> I, I, I do get. I do get what he's saying here because I I have used some Cashpoint machines in the past where it's hard to see it in bright daylight. Um, but I think that it's not all of them. I think that maybe maybe the older ones are not so good. Perhaps newer ones are better. Are they? I don't know. I, what do you I agree with you, Ted. I mean, it's like we used to winch. Do you remember the old days? We used to winch about payphones
0: how dreadful payphones were and yeah. they didn't work. And yet it wasn't all of them. Some were absolutely atrocious and didn't work at all. And some were absolutely fine. So I think Matt's just been unlucky. Um, yes, there are good and bad apples in every, in every you know, box, bag, barrel. barrel. That, I can think of, what do you put apples in? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for saving me there. Yeah. Um, yeah, good and bad. So yeah. sorry, Matt, you, you just picked a bad cash machine.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's probably true. It'd be, it'd be interesting to go to a brand new branch of a bank and, and use theirs and see if it's the same. That's your homework, Matt. Go and find one that works properly. <laughs> For my Santa event at the weekend, my sister flew over. I picked her up and dropped her off at Stansted.
0: I picked her up yeah. from Stansted Airport. You drive through to the pick-up zone where the person is waiting, smiling. You get out the car, you have a big hug, you get back into the car and off you drive. Wondering if you've given them Covid. Um, <laughs> Do you know what they want for that privilege? Ten no. pounds, not three, really? not four, not five, but ten quid. And then, four days later, when you drive your sister back to the airport, and give her another hug, and send her on her way, it's another ten pounds, twenty quid to do a pick up and drop off at Stansted Airport. And you don't leave your car. I mean, there are. You don't know. This is just to drive. This is just to stop the car, let the person, or not even turn off the engine. The person gets out of the car, Good. and off Great. you drive. Now. You know, we've for years, you know, there's been a group of people, including myself, who've tried to evade this. Who tried to say, well, you know, I'll hover around the edge of the airport and you get out and walk to this place or that place. And they've put pay to that now. There are fences. There are security cameras. the The walks would be extensive. It can't be avoided. Yes, there are some systems before you write in where you can get a bus to one of the long stay car parks where they have the decency to let you get out and get in a car for nothing. But then that means the person has to get a bus. You have to find the car park. It's mad uh Heathrow Heathrow where I also did a drop off and pick up uh, is only in inverted commas 5 pounds to both drop off and pick up but i mean they are just raking it in because you know you join a queue of cars to get in and get out and you think each one of these cars is paying 10 quid for the privilege of driving through here in the space of about 2 minutes flat appalling That's terrible, appalling isn't it?
1: How do they, how do they, is it done by tracking your number
0: plate? Um, it's, well, now this is the other thing. Uh, up until this weekend, it's been done with a barrier. So you, you drive in, and then on the way out, there's a barrier at which you have to present your plastic or sometimes the old fashioned money, and the barrier lifts and off off you go. Now we discovered at, at, um, Heathrow, I think it was, yes, it was Heathrow going back, they've done away with that completely. And it's now like the tolls for the, for the Dartford Crossing, for instance. It just says you must pay within 24 hours at, WWW, whatever it is.
1: Oh, right. Um, so they must be tracking. The so they're tracking plates, the number yeah. plates with cameras. Yeah. 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 That's terrible, isn't it? 10 quid. Double what it is at Heathrow. That's mad. It is. What else? Stansted. Stansted is quite a small airport. I've been there a few times. And well, it was the last time I went there. Maybe it's not. Yeah, they get
0: Stansted but, and Luton are both growing exponentially because of um, right. Ryanair at uh, Luton and,
1: and EasyJet at Stansted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Well, there you go then. So to be avoided, Um, another case for the Star Trek... um, uh, Oh, transporting, yes. Oh, yes, please. Beam me up, Scotty. Very quick one. I'm going to put into room 101 Tesco gold granulated coffee. It's disgusting. (laughs) I'd rather eat my own earwax. Uh, I I was trying to save some money getting some, uh, but I've just gone back to Kenco because I I know you, uh, you, you poo poo instant coffee. No, I don't. You say
0: this every few weeks and I've never poo pooed instant coffee.
1: (laughs) But I think the Kenko is just unbeatable, in it. really. All these other ones I keep trying to save money are rubbish. And I'm adding Tesco gold to that. Your turn. I'm a gold blend man myself, but surely it's personal taste. <coughs> oh, here comes oh, another yes. cough.
0: As I tell you that Steve Litchfield brings us throwaway culture. Oh, goodness, son, with you there, Steve, before it even started. If something doesn't work, says Steve, people seem to say, oh, just throw it away and buy a new one. I, can't, I can just about accept that when it's a toaster or a kettle for, say, under £20. But our oven wasn't working and my 22-year-old, Generation Z, daughter casually said, Oh, are we getting a new one then? No, no, no. Let's try and investigate and repair things more. The planet can't sustain us throwing everything away. It turned out that a call-out from the engineer sorted the issue in five seconds. It turned out to be a software quirk needing buttons to be pressed after a power cut. And even then I'm putting myself in room 101, says Steve, for not reading the wretched manual, which mentioned the startup action needed one call out fee (laughs) wasted, etc. Gah! I take your point, Steve, very much. Now, my mother will be listening to this podcast thinking... Aidan is so hypocritical. He's always wanting to throw things away. Um, yeah, because I try to tread that line that Steve's talking about between things w- that were cheap to start with and that you know are going to break again the next day and that really aren't worth bothering to try to fix and other things, such as a lot of white goods in the kitchen, that really should be attended to rather than replaced.
1: The one that we keep coming back to with this topic is the... um. The, the coffee machine, the, the Tassimo coffee yeah. machine. Every single time we buy one of those, it lasts for between six months and a year. And it, after that, it just doesn't work properly. It starts playing up and being stupid in all sorts of different ways. And you end up chucking it away and buying a new one. They're 29 quid and you make you, you, it's a disposable society mentality. and And I'm sure that they're on board with that. They make them to last six months to a year. And so that they they'll sell you another one, and it's cheap enough for you to not really bat an eyelid about. Can I give you the solution to that, Ted? Don't have a coffee. Don't
0: buy machine. a tassi with a coffee machine. <laughs> buy from someone no.
1: else. <laughs> so the same is true of the um, Delonghi ones as well. Though we've tried mm-hmm. all sorts with these pod machines, and they're all just rubbish. They start to go wrong as soon as they start to need descaling. And the, anyway, we've been here. We uh, i tell you an interesting
0: thing. It's a little bit, it might be more information than you need, but I wanted a nose trimmer. And we were shopping while I was on holiday and we were going into real shops and looking. And I was prepared to spend 20, 30 quid if necessary to get a decent quality nose trimmer. And you can't buy one. You know, you go to places like Jean Louis. Jean Louis, I call it Jean Louis. Jean Louis. You go to Boots. You go to decent shops, and they're all selling them around the five, six, seven, eight, ten pound mark. And I wanted to say, look, I don't mind spending more. I want something that's not going to break. In the end, I bought one from Boots for eight ninety nine, and it seems. OK, but it's made of plastic and it's relatively cheap and I don't think it'll last very long. So I think part of the problem, Steve, is that you just can't buy good. You know, they don't make them like they used to. It's they make stuff to last six yeah. months to a year. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's what's got to be changed. You've got to get it at the grassroots. You've got to say to manufacturers, stop producing crap that's going to break after a week and make something which, yes, costs twice as much, but is twice as good and lasts at least twice as long. Blasted right. Right. Now, are we going to give any gold stars? And if we are, can we play the jingle, please? <laughs> I, thought we'd, I thought
1: we'd done the jingle. <laughs> no, we're doing it now. <laughs> OK, then. I'm gonna give us Gold Star to Steve Litchfield. Because he bought me the Marshall speaker. So there you go. Thank you very much, Steve. 80 quid, well spent, um, as far as I'm concerned, and I really enjoy it. The other thing I wanted to throw in quickly was the Stream Deck community. I won't bore you with my Stream Deck and antics, because it's a topic that is more likely to be explored in the Tech Addicts podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Stream Deck community are really incredibly, very much like, well, talking about Steve Richfield again, but back like the old shareware Days you go online and you get these people that are just Lovely. Yes, yes writing little macros and and routines and and just putting them up on their websites or in the Reddit groups or wherever and just making them available. Anybody can just have them because they've they've worked out how to do something with the Stream Deck. I won't bore you with the Stream Deck details, but um, it, it's a it, it's a little uh, device that that makes you interact with your computer incredibly well. We spoke about it before because you've got That's one. Right, right, yes. In. But the community is what is the gold star for because they're just so giving and sharing and it just feels like the old days.
0: There you go, you see. Good old-fashioned human intercourse. Can't be beat. I'd like to use my moment to just be a tiny bit selfish and uh, you can hear it in the background and it won't mean a lot to anybody listening to this but it's the Welsh Musical Theatre Orchestra, that's lovely, who played on Saturday for what really was a day of days for Aidan Bell and I just wanted to give them a gold star and everyone who took part on Saturday and say, wow, I loved it. Thank you.
1: Well done. Yes, indeed. Very good. Gold stars all round, and um, I think we're done, aren't we? I think we Have done an We've... hour? Have we done our penance? <laughs> We've done exactly an hour. I <laughs> <Very penance. good. laughs> <laughs> 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 well, we should have done uh, two hours because we missed exactly. the show. Anyway, there you go. We'll be back in two weeks' time, hopefully. We'll be back. Will we be back in two weeks? We following? will. Sorry, I'm just finishing my tea. I've oh, managed good.
0: to. You know what? In the in the years we've been doing this podcast, I've managed to work out how to make a cup of tea last exactly an hour.
1: I just thought I'd throw so, that well one into done. the mix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good. Two weeks' time, then. Yes, we'll be back. dot works is where you'll find links to all the stuff we've been talking about. TedSammond.com is to, where to go for me, and if you get lost with anything, it's all there. AidanBell.com for Aidan, and don't forget the MeWe Group. The MeWe Group is where we want you to come and tell us all about what you whatever works in your life. And hopefully, in two weeks' time, Aidan, you'll be fully recovered and not Coughing and splattering all over. I think I've done quite well actually. I haven't coughed that much during this, but yes, it's good to be back and I look
0: forward to people's input um, and to doing this again in two weeks' time.
1: Indeed. Okay then. So, last things last, as always, don't forget whatever whatever works, works works.